So pause. I think one thing we have to do more in church and in ministry is help people, young people, old people, just like, hey, you can use what you have already to evangelize. You don't have to get a minister's license, a bishop ring. Come on now. Wear a crocodile hat or whatever in in in, in hoop and holland. <laughs> You can use what you have. David had a sling. Saul tried to make David use what he was used to. And David had to say, dude, I don't know how to use that. Me and this sling. You know, sorry, I'm just preacher mode. Come and just come out. No, no, no. So 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 basically when when he spoke to me, immediately I knew what I had. Welcome to a Christian podcast. The podcast where we have Christ-centered conversations. I'm your host, Kevin Wilson. Test one, two. Test three, four. Test five, six. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of A Christian Podcast with Kevin Wilson. I am Kevin Wilson. Who am I with today? Starting to my right. My name is Noelijah. Che. Pastor John Doss. All right. So um, today, actually, I, I, you know, I, I always do this. I want to shout out two people from the online family. One from America, one from not America. Uh, so we got Esther from New Zealand, and we got July from New Jersey. Um, shout out to you guys. Appreciate you for watching. And if you're watching, leave a comment below um, saying, where are you watching from? We're just so interested to know the reach of what God is doing through this podcast. So I didn't realize we got the news. We got New Zealand and New Jersey. <laughs> He's doing a new thing. Um, all right. So I got one question before we start. Um, I went to the cabinet the other day. It was It was late. I, I was a little hungry, and a bowl of cereal looked real good to me at the at the moment. And I said to myself, "Is cereal a meal, or is it a snack?" Because I treated it in the moment it was like a snack. But it, it, is is cereal a meal? What y'all what y'all think out there? Just yell it out. It's a snack. Snack. All right. Is that defined on what is that? Well, how are you basing that? The commercial. Breakfast? Oh. Oh, that part of a complete breakfast. True. True. Wait, what do you mean part? Part of a complete breakfast. Like a side? Like is it a side or is it a main and you get a side with the with the cereal? Part of I had no idea. It depends on how many bowls. Ah, one bowl is a snack, two bowls is a meal. <laughs> I'm not mad at the logic, Deja. I'm not mad. What y'all got up here? I think a snack. I grew up allergic to milk, so I would just put it in a plastic bag and just eat it like that. So I feel like it's a snack. It's cereal. <laughs> what you got, Che? Without milk, it's definitely a snack. <laughs> no, I, mean, I feel like it can be either or. It depends on how big the bowl is, too. Mm, one bowl. Let's say in uh, Atlanta. But, you know, you got different size bowls, though. You, some, of the, some of the bowls be a little bit bigger. Some people, like a mixing bowl? Some people. I don't personally do it. I don't personally do that, but some people do. That's true. Well, I, think, I think it depends on the size. Like, you know, there's some things will say snack size on it. Yeah, that's true. And so, so if you eat enough of anything, it became a meal. <laughs> Even if it's junk, ah, it was a meal, a okay. bad meal. But a bad it was a meal, meal, but a meal. All right. That's real. So I'm with it. I, I think it's a snack. But if you eat too much of it, it's, it's, it's getting into meal territory. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you got full means it's, it's a meal. All right, so today we're talking about evangelism, how to spread the gospel, spreading the gospel. Um, and, of course, before we talk about a thing, we like to define it. So I went to, you know, um, look at the Greek word. If you're unfamiliar, 
the Bible was originally not written in English. It was written in Hebrew, Greek, and a little bit of Aramaic. And so sometimes it can help you to understand the original intent or just to get the deeper meaning behind things if you look up the original language. And so one of the um, tools that I used to do that is Blue Letter Bible. So I'll link that in the description. But um, I looked up evangelist and the word, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right. It's like you, you, Angelit. Um, you had, you, you, you could, you do, you, you want. You, Angelis, these. I don't know how to pronounce it right, but that's how it is. And it says, a bringer of good tidings or good news. This name was given to the New Testament heralds of salvation through Christ who are not apostles. Um, and so that's how the Bible defines um, what an evangelist is a, a bringer of good tidings good news right so now the question is how do we evangelize we got a lot of questions how do we evangelize who do we evangelize to um can everybody do it what if i'm not called to it um i was talking to somebody the other day um i posted a video about two days ago of me actually out here evangelizing talking to some people and they said i'm gonna pray for you because that's not my I can't do that. That's not, I can't do what you do, right? And um, I think that's a good place to kind of like pick at a little bit to say, like, okay, why do we feel, why do some people not feel qualified and why do others feel qualified, right? So, um, Pastor John, right? When, what was your first experience actually spreading the gospel? I think I was four. And I was um my, my mom early. was pushing me yeah <clears throat> mom was pushing me around in the uh, the shopping cart and um she's pushing me around I just turned to some lady Jesus loves you God loves you he's mm. I started what I heard in church I just started you know going wow. for it so I guess four <laughs> that's what's up okay I like that I, I like that because it displays how simple it is mm. you were evangelizing you literally told them. Jesus loves you. That's the good news, right? That Jesus loves you. Obviously, there's more levels to it. But as a four-year-old, that's supreme level of evangelism at, at that point. Um, but that's really it. That's all it is. It, it's saying, yo, Jesus loved you, loves you. He died for you. And because of this, you are saved. Repent of your sins. Turn to him. Give your life to Christ. And if someone does that, they are saved. That's it. But even the term evangelism... I, I don't what do I have you right leading leading people to Christ right because the term evangelism seems kind of like what's that? that sounds like churchy or I don't know what that is it, all of this is 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 literally leading people to Christ um, can I can I go ahead and ask a question absolutely so what does successful evangelism look like ah uh, so we go ah is that too too early we can hit it. We get because I was gonna go. Let's get it. So, in my head, at least, successful evangelism leads to one salvation or two seeds planted, right? Because um, if we just define su successful evangelism on salvations, sometimes the the salvation might not come right there. Right, and as as um, Paul said, Paulus planted, I watered, uh, but God is the one that makes it grow. 
right? And so one did one thing, another did another, but they both played their part in evangelizing. Um, how you define it? No, I just I really just wanted to bring that out because I think sometimes people, it's easy for us to view like what we deemed as unsuccessful, be, meaning that person didn't give their life to Christ in that moment or in that conversation mm. as I failed in that or I wasn't successful versus saying, okay, Lord, help me plant the seed. Help me. Uh, is that was that your will for me today? Mm. Right. In that conversation to say, mm. plant the seed. Yeah. And Pastor John, they're going to meet a Pastor John where that's. Yeah. Tomorrow, next week, five years from now, who knows? Yeah. You're going to meet a Pastor John, and he's going to bring that same message, mm. right? The good news. Yeah. And then you'll start to see. But we may never know. Right. Like, how many people have we encountered in the park, see planted, yeah. but we don't know the rest of the story? Mm. Yeah. So at what point do you – I just wanted to bring that out because I think sometimes people – it can be easy to view as kind of a, a rejection, you know, take on that piece. I failed, like I failed. I failed, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's good. I look at my life and, you know, just my salvation story, I guess. And, like, you know, I think about, like, how I didn't, like, fully come to Christ and have relationship with Christ, like, in one moment like i have to thank god for like every single person that planted the seed since birth you know mm. like every sunday service that i went to even though you know i may not have been paying attention when i was you know a child like but you know every sermon that i heard like every person who did you know may have in passing you know spoke life into me or did say like you know hey or even give me correction and you know say like hey like this is the way this is the truth like mm -hmm. you know the way that you're going isn't right you know and even though i didn't take heed or i didn't have that like understanding you know my my eyes weren't open then you know when those words were given like now i can attribute my relationship with god to every step along the way too it was a culmination of things so had those people decided to say like hey i'm not going to plant this seed i'm not going to tell her because she didn't get saved how yeah. would that benefit me you know that's good and then it gets to the thing of like yeah it, it really makes you excuse me define success is is, the, is success the result i'm looking for or is success my level of spirit lightness mm. right because sometimes like to all of the everything we just said sometimes his thoughts are not our thoughts his ways are not our ways god is so He's all-knowing, right? He's so sovereign that he knows the beginning from the end. He knows this person doesn't have the capacity to receive the Holy Spirit at this moment. They need they just need a conversation today, right? And so if you if you start to get frustrated and feel like the goal they need to get saved right now, they need to get saved right now, then um come like a Russian wind. Right. Um if if your goal if you're so if you're forcing it so much, you'll miss what God's trying to do. And, and you can actually be more harmful than good because now you become forceful. And now it's like, ah, oh, I really think you need to get saved, right? And so I think as most things, there's two ends of the spectrum. One end where we're a little bit too passive and just say, I don't want to be pushy. So I won't even really, I'll just kind of tell you a little bit like, and I won't even give you an invitation to be saved. 
Um, and we'll talk about that. And then there's also, you need to get saved right now. Yeah. Um, and it's like, let's 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 find some balance with that, right? You got a little scripture. I'm still looking. All right, all right, you good, you good. Um, any thoughts, questions? No, I, I just thought of uh, Proverbs 11, uh, verse 30, when it talks about the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise right and so getting into that spirit-led uh conversation about evangelism it's showing the wisdom it is in delivery even as you kind of brought out um in terms of how we evangelize right um so i think it is a wisdom piece and also we can't neglect being spirit-led as you brought out um because regardless of how long how many times we come out here to the park how many times pastor john evangelizes or whoever evangelizes right you may think oh man i got like last few times like it's been working it's been working or whatever like this method that i've created in of cadence of style of delivery it's been working but uh being submitted to the holy spirit to say okay maybe like i've seen you do it kevin a lot of times in conversation you don't approach every person the same. And so it changes based on, okay, Lord, what are you, what do you, how do you want me to approach this conversation? Am I supposed to ask a question first? What question do I ask first? Do I go straight into, do you believe in God versus how was your day? Right. Or things of that nature. So I think it is something not to neglect. That's good. Pastor John, did you have something? I always do. I'm a preacher. I'm letting y'all oh, so, speak. So, so basically, I got to know when to pull from yes, you. you because are, <laughs> I'm with it. I can take the whole hour by myself. <laughs> I'm with it. Okay. So it's not one size fits all when it comes to evangelism. To, to that point, Che, if you approach it that way, that's why I like even when certain people ask questions, I always start with you got to be led by the Holy Spirit because it's great to ask questions and glean from people. But if you do it by saying, okay, this is the standard, what he did is that works for him, it's like, nah, it, what I do today is different. What I do right now is different than what I'm going to do an hour from now yeah. based on the person, the situation, um, and just the spirit letness. Uh, so I want to just share a scripture, Acts um, chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem in Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth so even Jesus is saying Holy Spirit first mm-hmm. then go yeah, right that's good. so if you try to go evangelize prior to Holy Spirit his direction you're 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 outside of the will right yeah. and you're outside of you have no power I don't want you have no power. You have. You don't have the power of the Holy Spirit with you, and so we always want to be submitted to that. Second uh, Peter chapter three. I'm sorry, eight. Uh, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like are like a day. The Lord is not slow at keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that, um, you know, to just tie in with, you know, what you guys were talking about, you know, about just being spirit led on your interactions. Um, God is not in a rush. Like, 
salvation, you know, it's we, we don't have a lot of time. You know, it says in the word, even that we're in the last days. Um, but, you know, like at the same time, he's not slow, you know, and so he'll he takes his time with us. You know, he allows us that time. That doesn't mean you got you know, an infinite amount of time or anything. Right. But, you know, at the same time, he's not in a rush to heal you. He's not in a rush um, for you to make these rash decisions. And, you know what I mean? Because, like, a lot of times, too, I think, like, um, out of our zeal, we tend to, like, push people to, you know, make a decision. You need to give your life to Christ today. You need to do this. You need to do that. And is it true heart change? You know, yeah. like, is it a true acceptance? Like, that could set people up for an even worse, you know, yeah. like relationship with God because they feel pressured to, you know, come into agreement with something that we they honestly might not even understand or be ready to accept, you know? Facts. Um, and just, yeah. Nah, that's good. So question again, for the person who's evangelizing, right? Um, I'm thinking of the person that is taking on that, oh, they didn't give their life to Christ. Mm -hmm. How do you... Like, what do you tell them in terms of balancing, okay, the burden of, I understand, right? Like, any given moment, it could be, Jesus could come back, this person could spend eternity in hell, right? Versus, like, how do I balance the, the conviction of, I want you to get it so bad, right? Because I'm thinking of, of people who may have family members, have friends, and you're like, I want you to, to come into the knowledge of how do you balance that um, balance that in terms of taking that on too? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I'm interested. I'm interested in, in, in Pastor John's answer. Okay, so um, an answer I'll give you for today because this is a subject that really needs to go on for a long time in different circles and different places. Um, um, only because I believe that some of the greatest strategies for evangelism we just haven't even seen them yet because god is waiting for someone to push religiosity to the side and say lord how do we reach this next generation and he says finally somebody asked me let me tell you wow. so i think we probably haven't even seen it yet like real talk uh but satan because satan evangelizes too let's go there yeah come on sir we might be able to learn from our opponents let's get to it Satan evangelizes, successful evangelism has everything to do with connectivity, mm. consistency, wow. and making sure your message is clear. Yeah. Satan gets an A-plus in all of that. Consistent. I don't even remember what I said. That was the Holy Spirit. Y'all rewind the tape. <laughs> <laughs> but no, re real talk. So I think um, that that's one thing that you listen to the Holy Spirit and that sort of thing. But. Um, to answer your question, um, I'll just drop a couple of nuggets that helped me out. So the first thing when I, when I was evangelizing, uh, I, I know I, I said the whole four years old thing, but when I was 16 is when I really had my first opportunity to just go out there and preach mm. the gospel in, in a, uh, um, like a, on a wide scale. And maybe some other time I'll tell you about that. But 16, I really began to preach, um, so how do you get there? Because uh, the average 16-year-old, especially now, is not preaching. Okay. Uh, let me answer the first question first because, yeah. So, All right. So so during that time when somebody wouldn't get saved or give their life to Christ, then I felt guilty. Okay. 
I didn't do a good enough job. Maybe I didn't explain it well enough. You know, when you leave a situation like, oh, that other scripture, I should have used that. And, yeah. and so I was just kind of beating myself up. So when I was communicating with the Lord on that, he dropped, see, he dropped something in my spirit. He said, look, if, if you obey me, right, and you go out there and you witness and you share the gospel and, and somebody gets saved, then you get a reward for that. There's a reward, there's a blessing, there's a, there's a jewel in your crown. But if you go out and witness to somebody else and they don't get saved, he said you get the same reward. Mm. Because the reward is not based on the result. It's simply based on the obedience. Mm. Oh, come on. So when I heard that, then that took the pressure off of me because I'm not the one who saves them. He's the one who saves them. And so we can always do a better job on the delivery, but don't carry the guilt if somebody doesn't get saved. You do your part and celebrate the fact that you were obedient and leave the rest to God. That's good. Because again, back to that scripture, Apollo's, planet i water i think that's the opposite god makes an increase then he goes on the whole reason he said that is because they're arguing about who's greater who's the he's he says neither apollos nor paul is anything we're nothing it's only god so i think part of our ooh, part of our issue in in evangelizing is pride Mm. right it's it's deceptive it's sneaky it doesn't it doesn't come up as pride it comes up as I'm trying to bring people to to Christ, which mm-hmm. that is the intent. But if if there's that seed of pride in your heart, you'll you'll leave your spirit letness and you'll follow. This is what I need. I need the result. Yeah, I, I need this result no matter what happens, even if I'm disobedient. And so, good intentions, wrong wrong way to do it. Yeah, don't forget the the second question because <laughs> I want to make sure we. I want to hear the answer too. But I think. What what attributes to that a lot, uh, just from my perspective, uh, so working in corporate, right, and, and even even from a social media perspective now, we see a lot of results-based yes. metrics and, and things of that nature. You're not uh, successful unless you have this many followers or you're getting this much engagement on, on this or in business in the corporate world. It's all these different metrics driving yeah. the results, and so that creeps into our, our journey, our faith journey that, okay, well – how many people got saved mm-hmm. this this type of uh thing has intru- has infiltrated into the kingdom work into the kingdom business uh as well so i think that that's kind of drifting us towards those those metrics if you will mm. towards that can i say something before i forget at my age i forget stuff so <laughs> all right so i like what you said earlier um kevin about the extremes because on the other extreme and, and i'm not putting down anybody's style and how you evangelize and minister on the other extreme. I've heard people. I met some of them. I, I preached to 5,000 people this week. I preached. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But what they did was they stood at a gay pride parade and yelled at people mm. as they walked by and counted them mm. <laughs> as people they preached to. Right. Uh, and then there's no results, mm. but they say I was obedient and I preached. And so Yee. I think somewhere in the middle where, because it's almost like I think about football, right? Mm-hmm. When there's an incomplete pass, <clears throat> there's only two places you really look at: the quarterback and 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 the wide receiver, the mm-hmm. wide receiver, and they play the tape over and over again. And, and so, if you do a good job as the quarterback and you release the ball and they they, they don't catch it, mm-hmm. 
that's on them, not you. But you got some folk who are throwing a ball like this, and they'll, you know, and they'll quote scriptures like everyone's not going to make it into heaven and predestination and so forth. So, so we do want a good, do a good job of passing the ball. Like don't plant sporadically and carelessly, but at the end you do the best you can, right? Yeah. And and and, th- and there's training for that. Yes, sir. Communication, respect. Yeah. Like look in scripture. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't just walk outside. Y'all all going to hell, Jesus. Hey, y'all all going to hell. Like, like just follow what they did. Mm-hmm. Some will say yes, some will say no. But it's important that you do the best you can. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Yeah. He brings forth the increase. So I just wanted to kind of. You know, because there's some extremes out there. That's good. I want to backtrack just a little bit to 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 um, Satan evangelizes, right? Mm-hmm. Satan spreads his message consistently, effectively. All right, like this happens all the time. And I just want to add the scripture: First Timothy four, uh, verse one. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Or another yeah. translation says uh, the doctrine of demons. Yeah. And so literally there's information, there's there's a doctrine, there's a teaching that comes from the devil that if you're not uh, wise, if you're not um, led by the spirit. And this is, this is referring to Christians here that will be yeah. led to listen to these do, the, the doctrine of demons. So imagine those without Christ, they're they're for sure taking heed to this stuff. Um, and so the devil's always working. So that means we need to always be working, right? I've, no days off. There it is. Um, watch that episode. I'm a little leave a little link to it. Um, but yeah, I I just when you said that it made me think like. Man, the devil is actually very effective at what he does. Right? Like, he does what he does very well. Yeah. And so it's our job to do what we do, what God has called us to do well. Um, because if we do what, what we do, greater is he that it is in us than he that is in the world. Mm-hmm. And so that spirit of God will um, allow us to, to do what God has tasked us to do. So I thought that was a good point. Amen. You got something? Okay. <laughs> So, okay, 16. Okay. How do you right. get there? Okay. All right. Um, uh, I mean, I guess I can talk about how I got there. And that, well, I'll talk about how I got there, and I'll talk about how anyone who is 16 can get there. That's All good. right. So, so for me, my story, um, I, I was raised in a, a Christian household. My parents were in ministry. Uh, and then my father, at the age of, of four, we actually left America and went to Kenya. And be, they became missionaries to Kenya. So we moved there. And so I lived there for about four years straight. And then after that, I would travel back and forth between the United States and Kenya. And so uh, when I was 16, I, I graduated a little early from high school. So I finished high school and I went with them to Kenya like I always did during the summer. So we went there, did the whole missionary trip. By then, he had planted some churches and all of that. Things were going well. So it was time to come back to America. And I, I, I said, um, I, I need y'all to help me with something. And I'm like, what is it? I said, I've been coming here to Kenya with you guys for all these years by force, not by choice. Uh, and I've been able to see what God can do through you, but I don't know what God can do through me. I said, can you leave me here for a few months and y'all go back to America? 
So my mom was like, no, something might happen to you. And my dad was like, honey, we might not get this chance again. Leave that boy here. <laughs> so they left. They came back to America, and they left me uh, in, in our mission home there with a married couple who had newly got married, didn't have kids. I'm surprised after watching me they still wanted to have kids. But uh, So during that time, that transition before they left, um, I only did what I knew to do. So this is coming from a church kid standpoint. And all I knew what to do was to see what they did, and they prayed and fasted. Anytime there was a tough situation, they prayed and fasted. So I did my first long-term fast, and I fasted for 21 days, liquids only, 24-7 liquids only. So during that time of praying and fasting, the Lord actually spoke to me. He did. In the middle of that, he spoke to my spirit. It wasn't an audible voice at that time. But um, So then he asked me a question. He said, what's in your hand? Okay. And I was like, this dude lost his mind because <laughs> there's nothing in my hand. Like, what are you talking about? Then he took me to Moses. Mm. He asked Moses the same question. What's in your hand? Yeah. Moses said, well, I, I got the stick right here. I have this rod. And God pretty much said, okay, we'll use that. Mm. So pause. I think one thing we have to do more in church and in ministry is help people, young people, old people, just like, hey, you can use what you have already to evangelize. You don't have to get a minister's license, a bishop ring, come on now, yeah, wear a crocodile right. hat or whatever and, <laughs> and, and, and hoop and holler. And, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. You, you can use what you have. David had a sling. Saul tried to make David use what he was used to. Uh -huh. yeah. And David had to say, dude, I don't know how to use that. Me and this sling? You know, oh, sorry, I'm the preacher mode. Come and just come no, back. No, no, no. So, no. so, so basically, when when he spoke yeah. to me, immediately I knew what I had. I, I, I could, I could play music, more like a snack than a meal. <laughs> <laughs> I could sing like a snack, not a meal, right? <laughs> uh, but personality, I, I can gather people. And so I said, all right, I'll. Uh, I said I can do music. He said, let's use that. Mm. So I went to town, put some things together. Uh, started writing, working on some music, and then I started. And this is the powerful thing about the move of the spirit, mm -hmm. because whenever God does something, like He can do so much more than you dreamed or imagined. And so, what happened next was I started looking for musicians and singers and people to join me, and I ended up connecting with a bunch of frustrated young people, mm -hmm. because in some third world countries, you can finish school and get the best grades, and there's just still no job. Or, or you have money for college. So, so I met, met a bunch of young adults and young people who were like, we don't have anything to do. And they could play music and sing. I was like, come, come along with me. So we toured Kenya for three months and 2,500 people got saved. Wow. wow. Praise God. Just from my can't sing halfway and just <laughs> acting crazy. And, wow. you know, most artists, in, you know, can't sing and rap anyway, but they they uh, they still somehow. Um <laughs> But yeah, so so then with that, I'll say the last part, though, for another time is although twenty five hundred got saved, my mindset was more like the notch in the gun. Mm. Like another one, I got how many got saved. But the Lord showed me years later, you didn't love those people. Mm. So, so that was the next level of God dealing with my heart. But at 16, he was he was probably just glad that I ain't out there carjacking and, and making babies. So he was just happy to see me roll. But that's how it happened for me. But for people who are unsaved, I think the big thing is what do you have already? Mm. Like what can you do? That, see, Satan is amazing with that. He'll take whatever. Mm. I mean, whatever you got, and, and, and they'll appreciate you. They'll clap for you. They'll support you.
But in the church, it's like unless you line up and you grace the rostrum and you you look as or you talk as no, you from around the way. You don't even talk like that. What is that? You know, yeah. God. You don't say God. His name is just, where, like where'd you get that? From? Why is your preacher voice so yeah, much different than your regular yeah, voice? No, if if Jesus wasn't ashamed of his Nazareth accent from the hood, just just you know. But anyway, that's that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so I think just encouraging folk. Like God has given you something already, and 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 here's the thing. This is powerful. I'm, I'm done. I gotta pass it over. I preach all day. Uh, in in Matthew, because one thing Satan does is he uses God's principles. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah, he he ain't no follower of God, but he uses the principles. And one principle says, when you find the treasure uh-huh. in the field, you buy the whole field. Uh-huh. So the strategy with that is, if I buy the whole field, you don't know why I'm buying the field. You don't know what I see in you that you didn't see in you. If not, you wouldn't have sold the field to begin with. And so what happens is Satan has a great way of buying the whole field. I'll take you, young man, as jacked up young man. I'll buy it all because I see the value in you that you don't see in yourself. And so if we can see the value in ourselves, the treasure is the thing that God has already placed inside of you even before you got saved. That he can use for his glory. And by the leading of the Holy Spirit, God will reveal that. And that can be your evangelism tool right there. That's beautiful. What do you have in your hand? Yo, if you're watching this, man, take a second and and, and even pause it if you have to. But just pray and, and seek God and say, what have you given me? Right? Even those out here. What have you given me? What gifts? What talents? What uh, even what frustrations do I have with the world and the things that go on that that you decide to utilize? Because sometimes we only look at what's positive, right? Sometimes your frustration is your tool, right? Sometimes the way you see how church operates and you're like, man, this is so strict and everybody's over there. So, okay, so do something outside. Like whatever God is leading you to do, pray about that. Seek him and, and say, Yo, what do I have? What tools? That's 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 so good. Um, ah, Jay, what you got? No, I was just thinking about what you just said in terms of your frustration because anything that we uh, that we see today, any uh, innovation, right? Thinking again, going back to a corporate perspective, a, a entrepreneurial perspective, it started with a problem. Mm-hmm. It started with a frustration. It started with I have this need there there. I can't call Nelly when she's uh, away from me. So now how do I, how, I can't contact yeah. her. So how do I do that? I create a phone, right? I can't, but I don't have the time to, to pick up the phone and call you. I need to send you this message. So there's a text message. There's this, yeah. right? So there's a frustration there. And so sometimes uh, we look at the frustrations, as you pointed out, within the church, within ministry. And, and sometimes we, we look at this and like, why isn't anyone answering this? Why isn't someone solving this? And it may be because you're supposed to be the solution to the problem. Yeah. Nehemiah had an issue that he saw there. That, no, my city is in ruin. My, my town is in ruin. So what do we do about this? Let Lord send me to build the wall. Send me to rebuild uh, what what I once loved. Right. And, and not only did God honor the frustration, he sent the resources to help with the frustration. So he went to the king and said, that's good, bro. King, help me out. What can I do? Right? And the king says, whatever you need, here here it is. I'll send my man, mm-hmm. right? But it started with it in Nehemiah, it, it talks about he was burdened, it, his countenance changed. Yeah. 
when he's talking about what had happened to his city, what what he once saw, what what, what he loved, mm-hmm. right? It says his countenance changed. His his spirit was distraught. He was grieving about what had happened. So it started with a frustration. The wall that was rebuilt started with a frustration. But what's crazy is right. The reason why the frustration come, he supplies it, right? It's because your frustration, if led by the spirit, is his frustration. Yeah. yeah. Right. My frustration, if I'm really led by the Holy Spirit and led by God, would be the same frustration as God's. I want my people to know know me. I want my people to not have to cross every I and dot every T to feel like they have to come to me. Come to me like as you are, right? And so um, I think part of that is the way we're all wired. Everybody's wired differently, but one body, different parts, right? And so we all come out here. We got four different views. I'm I'm thinking like my first thing is like uh, the music is a little bit too loud for people to be able to talk at the appropriate volume, yeah, yeah. right? Nelly might be like, okay, the stuff with the snacks ain't uh, properly. I'm not, I don't think about that. Like, Che might think something totally different, but that's how we're wired, and God uses that as a tool to end up um, reaching the people that He wants to reach. Because I can't reach everybody. Nobody, one one person can reach everybody. And let's let's also go here because we're, where we were going, even your testimony, the thing that you've overcome. Right. We look at these things. We look at, you know, I, I did this or I was uh, in this sin or, or whatever this was. Right. And we we start to look at that and the enemy will use that to say, who are you to evangelize? Right. He'll start to creep that doubt in. But it, it's that thing. It's it's the fact that you. So drugs. This is the fact that you you are sleeping around that is going to yeah. minister to the person that's currently doing that or, or living in that. Mm. All right. Show of hands. How many people have have can say that they have evangelized before? There's no shame. Okay. Show of hands. How many people have told anybody about a good restaurant? All right. It's about the same. I've seen a couple more hands. If you can tell somebody about a good restaurant, if you can share a dope song to somebody, if you can send somebody a cool thing on Instagram, you can spread the gospel, right? If you are saved, you have everything you need to spread the gospel, right? That's good. What did you do when you got saved? Tell people that, right? Some people make it seem like, I don't know enough scripture and this and that. And there are a couple of scriptures that are essential and that really help you. We'll get to that. Um, But at the end of the day, what was your experience go back to that day that you got saved go back to the day you gave your life and your heart to to christ and say what happened there right and and replicate that yeah help other people go through that it's not i remember one time i was with some friends and they were ministering ministering and somebody said can you pray the prayer of salvation and i hadn't like had the prayer of salvation memorized i'm like i i i i I'm really tripping out at the moment because I was like, I don't know it. He was like, just pray. And so, you know, I pray what I know, what I know salvation to be. Right. And so um, what is salvation? Like we said earlier, it's Jesus died. Right. Let's go even a little bit before. Right. I'm going to give you a little bit longer so that you can have everything. But you can you can make it make sense by the leading of the Holy Spirit in that moment. Right. So. Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. At that point, the Bible says later, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world, 
right? So now at this point, sin is in the world and nothing's perfect. Um, and now we are constantly in this battle between enemy and flesh and all of this stuff, right? So back in New Old Testament, anytime you have to sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So whenever you sin, you had to kill an animal, a perfect animal, uh, a sacrificial um, sacrifice where if I sin, if I tell Nelly a lie, I need to go find a lamb that's perfect and kill it. That's a lot, right? Imagine every time you sin, you got to kill something. Messy. Boy, we be here, <laughs> right? We be out here killing stuff. Or maybe we would sin less. I don't know. But the point is something had to be sacrificed in order to atone. It's called atonement for your sin, right? And so New Testament, Jesus comes. Jesus is that lamb. That's why Paul, I mean, uh, John looked at him and said, behold, the lamb of God, that takes away the sins of the world. Because in order for sin to be taken away, something had to be perfect. That's why Jesus was a man who knew no sin. He was without sin. And so that's why Jesus was the only person worthy of dying for us. Because you take any human being other than him, it's not equivalent. You need perfection in order to make us perfect. Right? And so that's long story short. So Jesus comes. He dies on the cross. Um, and on the third day, he rises. That's long story, right? Short story is this. You're a sinner. You need a savior. Jesus loves you. He came. He died for you. And on the third day, he rose. If you believe that with your mouth, believe that with your heart and confess that with your mouth, you are saved. So, again, you take, you want to know the whole thing, but if you tell somebody that every time, every single thing, word for word, sometimes you might lose somebody. Some some people, the way they're wired, they need to know everything. Tell me why, like, so know it, but use it by the Spirit and, and use it as you're led. Um, anything to add? I wanted to give, like, a practical yeah. um you know, like maybe you can like see yourself in my story. So um, first I want to say like how you were created is perfect. Like the way that the Lord intended you to be is perfect. Like the experiences that you have, like he uses all of that. Like, you know, so what we've been talking about, right? Like um, your methods of evangelism, you know, they may not look like somebody else's and that is okay. Um I remember, so in college, like before I gave my life to Christ, um, I would always be at the club, you know, I will always be turning up, you know, I'll my say, room. Say it loud and proud. That's part of your testimony. <laughs> Go ahead. I will always be at the club, <laughs> uh, always there. turning up. <laughs> and um, just, yeah, like my room was like the spot. Like everybody would always come to my room. We would have all the drinks and stuff there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it would just be a situation it would be great we would have so much fun but a lituation a lituation (laughs) (laughs) but um after i came to christ i realized um you know because i used to before like i got free from it i would walk in like condemnation and i would just like ruminate on the things that i used to do like what i used to drink what i used to wear like what we would do whatever whatever right like i would just feel like so condemned but then one day the lord was like you know it's not Yes, it's sin, but you've already, you've repented for the sin. You've turned away from your wicked ways. Let's move forward, right? Um, And so one day I was sitting with him and he showed me what was, it was deeper than that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that 
I just enjoyed being sinful. It was that I had in me, the Lord created me to um, enjoy community, like, and be a bringer of people, like, to create environments for people to come together and to have fun. Uh, and so um, after I came to Christ, like, you know, I'm learning about myself. Like, I'm learning all the gifts that the Lord put on the inside of me. I'm learning, you know, just about him and everything like that. And when I'm when I was learning about evangelism, I'm like, okay, Lord, like, I'm so excited. Like, I'm on fire for you. Like, how do I bring more people to you? I know evangelism is something that we're supposed to do. Like, how do you want me to go out and spread your gospel? And he showed me, this is what I put on the inside of you. Like, and so some of you may be like, you know, ashamed of like maybe what you used to do. Um, but let's not pay attention to the fruit necessarily. Like, you know, after you, you know, you turn away from those wicked ways, you repent of your sin and everything like that. Let's focus on how the Lord, you know, created you to be and like what, how you can use those things. Like we just, um, Kevin, you know, talked about like, you know, taking, you know, an assessment, you know, and saying like, okay, like what have you given me, Lord? Like what's in my hand? Do that with your personality too, you know, like, um, and that, and that might help you, you know? Like I started small groups. I would have, you know, people come over. We'd have Bible study. We worship. We go out and we go to different places, you know? There are things like this that I love to help put on, you know, because, like, it brings people together, you know? Like how many people have we seen saved and delivered and transformed and, you know, yeah. receive clarity, receive community, friends yeah. and love, you know? Just see things in a new light, you know? Um, and you can do that, like, and it doesn't have to be something foreign. That's good. I just want to add scripture to it. Galatians 1. This is Paul. Paul is talking about what he used to do, right? Paul, before it was Paul, was Saul. Yeah. And as uh, Saul, he persecuted the church of God, right? And so he was known, he was literally known for being a persecutor of um, God's people. Yeah. And so Galatians 1 verse 13 says, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Right. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach among him. Right. So I'm going to skip down a little bit. I'm going to skip down a little bit. He basically saying I used to persecute God's people. I used to be at the club. I used to be drinking. I used to be doing this. I used to be doing that. Right. Then. Bump down to 23, right? He goes to Syria and he says, they only heard the report, right? They didn't know him by face. They just heard about who he was. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Yeah. And they praise God because of me. Mm. So, in other words, had I not done all that, God might not have received the same praise, yeah. right? This is not a license to sin. I'm not saying go out to the... This is this is for past sins, right? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not, right? God forbid. But for the past life, for the past sins that you've already committed, God can actually use those as a tool where the people that you and the places that you used to go to, you'll see them on the condemnation side. You'll feel like I'm not worthy. They're, I used to drink. I used to smoke. I used to have sex. I used to do that with them. They're going to be like, yo. I can't receive that from you. That's what the devil makes you think. Right. But God, and sh he shows it through Paul, True. that actually it brings God more glory for them Lord. to see that yeah. they were at the same place that you were, right. and now you got to a place where you can actually preach Christ to them. That's good. So yeah. actually, what Paul is saying is, yo, embrace 
what you used to do. Don't continue doing it. Don't continue in sin. But embrace what you used to do and let that be a part of your story. Because guess what? If you act like it never happened, because that's yeah. sometimes what we try to do yeah. is we say, okay, I've been forgiven, which is true. And we say, since I've been forgiven, that part of my life never happened. That doesn't glorify God. It glorifies God to say, yep, I did do all that. And guess what? God's still using me. And now I'm telling you how you can be used by him. So embrace that part of your story. Anybody got any thoughts? Revelation 12 and 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So in terms of sharing, because what you're, really talking about in terms of evangelism it's using your testimony as an evangelistic tool as uh to reach that person and i also want to say this too you may that's the importance of community one um to to be in community to know that and to know uh to know them that labor among you as the word tells you so that i know okay this is nelly's story right this is nelly what nelly has overcome so now i'm I'm attempting to minister to this person or evangelize to this person. I personally can't relate to that. But in this moment, hey, Nelly, mm-hmm. can you come over here for a second? Mm-hmm. Right? Because there are a multitude of people who uh, would feel, and many of you watching and, and listening may have felt that way before to where it's like, God can't use me. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it doesn't even have to be, quote, unquote, the big sins. Right? Because uh, I... I'm hearing in the spirit that there's some introverts out here and and what you might (laughs) what you might not know by seeing me if you've never met me I'm probably one of the biggest introverts that you'll ever meet Kevin is uh, as well we're naturally reserved people right but I can't use that as an excuse to not evangelize I can't use that as an excuse to say because to Kevin's point earlier I've told some people about some good restaurants Mm -hmm. I've told some people about some good music that I've listened to yeah right so the question I would have to ask myself or ask those who may be more reserved, naturally inclined to, to stay to themselves is, is, is God not much, how much better is he than, mm-hmm. than that meal that you had? Yeah. It's a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> Praise God. I feel like this happens every time, every, time. <laughs> every episode. Congratulations. Gender reveal. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so is God not that much better than that meal, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't live off bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth. Yeah. So, Bro, you know what we do when, when we say that? Like, I'm not good enough to do that is we say, God's not good enough. Yeah. Because, again, it's not us. Right. I have no ability to save somebody. All right? It's the spirit of God in me. And so when we, yeah, tap in. And you, 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 think about the people that God used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All broken uh, who, in some way. Moses said, who am I? I have this speech impediment. I have this thing. I have this whatever. And you can insert whatever it is that you. I have this insecurity. I have this fear of public speaking. I hear. I have this fear of talking to strangers or, or whatever the case may be. Insert whatever there. Come on. It's no different. Yeah. I want to say. I want to say to um, to my friends who may struggle with like perfectionism or. Um, you know, just like maybe like hitting the mark and everything like that. That was me. Um, and there's still, you know, some renewing in my life that the Lord is like working on that with. Um, it's also easy to like make evangelism this like mm. 
check off the box type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. Like the people, these are people. These are God's people. Like these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. The people that you're going to spend eternity with. Like they're human just like you. Like they need a savior just like you, you know? So like when you are having those conversa conversations that are like intentional and like you know that you're going into this conversation with um you know with, with the intention of like spreading the gospel or just connecting on some type of way you know concerning you know the good news like um don't try to hit the check marks it's easy to like also just like be in your head and be like all right if they say this i'm gonna say this or yeah. i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this be prepared i think that's good but at the same time like they're human so care about their their story yeah. care about where they're from what they like you know what's their testimony like mm -hmm. you know and it may it may just be that like we talked about before like you, you may just talk about you know some surface level things and you go on about your day but um you know at, at the same time like you know just just care about them you know like that because that could be an open door mm -hmm. you know um for them for you to continue to you know share about jesus and stuff like that that's good i think to that one of your greatest tools non-spiritual non tools I would say is observation mm -hmm. like sometimes that's the only way like that's how I get into talking to somebody like yo what's up with those tattoos like tell me the story about them like or yo I like those shoes da 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 sometimes we make it so spiritual where I just gotta go in like Jesus it's like let's let's get somewhere first let's 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 connect person to person human to human Let, let's connect emotionally at some, uh, at some level um, and say, yo, that, that's a dope. Or maybe, how old your dog? Like, it don't have to be yeah. nothing deep all the time. But find something that you see with that person and, and, and find a way to connect with that, right? Um, because I, I think sometimes we just kind of, let me just get straight to it. Like, this is, they're not robots. This <laughs> yeah. is a human being, right? And so if, I, if anybody, it's just, that's the reason why um, cold calling. Mm. When, when the people just call your phone like hey blah 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 we have this thing no i'm not i'm not and no you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting my money right <laughs> if if maybe right we had an opportunity to talk first and you got to know me and blah, 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 hey how's your day going and maybe i might consider mm -hmm. at that point um but the fact that you just came up blah, 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 we got this service for 2.99 like no we're not doing that um so it's the same thing with with people when it comes to evangelism like let's connect with the human first um and then let's let's also do that with grace and patience. Mm, yeah. Like I had a conversation the other day and I recorded it, put a little bit on, on on Instagram, Facebook. And a lot of people were saying like, yo, I don't think I have the patience for that. Mm. And what you're really saying is I don't care enough about the person for that. Yep. Mm. Right. Exactly. It was like, yeah, this person kept cutting you off. Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, they, they did keep cutting me off. But I'm like. What's me getting cut off to your salvation right. potentially? Yeah. Like if you, now nah, there's a point where people are being overly disrespectful and you kind of gotta, you know, you don't want to be disrespected and, mm -hmm. and and right. But if somebody gotta cut you off a couple times just for them for them to feel, most times they're doing that they don't feel hurt. Mm -hmm. That's why they're cutting you off. They don't they, they they don't feel like their voice is value. And so if I just okay, let me listen to you for a little bit. It's like that makes somebody feel like I got some type of respect, some dignity. Like some people don't have nobody's ever listened to them. Mm -hmm. So you you take a little moment and just say, man, OK, let me put my pride aside 
Cause that's often why people can't deal with it Because their pride makes them say You shouldn't be cutting me off Which they shouldn't But it's like who are you um, Let me put that to the side so I can Tap in with this person Listen to what they're saying and get to the heart of it So Pastor John What are some uh, tips Slash tools for um, Evangelism all right, um, so a couple things. Um, number one is definitely um, love. Um, I'll go ahead and share just a quick verse with you on that. Um, John chapter 21, 15, it says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And then Jesus said, Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And he said it several times. So um, I've discovered for me, and, and you just hit on that, that when there's a struggle to witness, I mean, think about something or someone that you really, really love. If you love your car and you hear your car alarm going off, you'll put everything aside and run over there to see what's going on. If you if you think your child is in danger, you'll push people out of the way. You don't say, oh, I wonder what somebody might think about me. If I tried to go save my child from, from you know, something. And so the Lord helped me. Like I said, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm 50. I've been preaching since I was 16. And so I've had seasons of heart checks where, where God has had to put me in check. And so he didn't, you know, he doesn't always deal with us on everything all the time. He's a gentleman. He does it like an onion, you know, in layers. So some of the things you might hear me say I didn't learn in one day. Had to go through a long process, and I'm still learning. Uh, but one of the things he's he's dealt me dealt with me about is my level of love for him. Mm-hmm. And you know, when it was asked, "What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind. Love your neighbors yourself." Mm-hmm. Who is my neighbor? Then it went on into that example. So I, I think just love. If we can increase our love for God and increase our love for people, yeah. automatically a lot of those things that we we claim our hindrances to us evangelizing are going to go away. If you really feel something's going to kill your loved one, you're not going to say, well, I don't want to bother them and call them with that. Like you can be like, no, I mean, I don't care what you do with it, but I'm going to tell you because I love you. And so that's been something God has, let me tell you something. The easiest place for me to dwell is behind a pulpit Mm. that I can do with my eyes closed, but with God's lead with one-on-one and coming out and all that, because in, in, in your church, they're going to get an amen. They better give me an amen <laughs> in my church. No, but 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 in the streets, yeah. that's when, like, they're going to, that ain't the real stuff. Yeah. They're going to sniff it. That ain't real. But in church, everybody's going to give you an amen. And so a, a lot of preachers yeah. and pastors, they've lost, I'm going to say it, the art of personal evangelism. They would never tell you that. But to stay fresh and sharp, you got to go. Yeah. You got to go yourself. So that increasing that love for God and people, that's one big, big um. That's good, because to your point, like this podcast and bark is easy, right? It's easier to spread the gospel this way than to be at Walmart by myself and see somebody that I'm like, I don't want to be weird, bro. Like, it's a platform to do that here. It's not a platform to do that at Walmart, right? But your platform is is the Great Commission, right? To go and make disciples, and so. Oh man. For sure. So and I want to drop this nugget. So so evangelism can be a team effort. Yeah. So especially for those of you who are new believers and you really don't know what to say or do, we definitely don't want you out there like like preaching from like 
the satanic Bible or misquoting scriptures right. completely, you know. Um, but what you can do, like the woman at the well, yeah. the moment her life was touched, the Bible says she ran out there to the people and she didn't say, well, let me preach what I just learned and let me try to explain it to you. She just said, look, my life's been touched. Let me bring you yeah. to a person or let me bring you to a place where they can explain it better. But let me get you there. That's look, so I'm good. the party bus. I'm not the party. Uh, I'm the party bus. Let me take you to the party. I love that. That's good. Man, that's so good. I often talk about like, um, we often say like people on fire, right? People, this person on fire for God, right? Like youth on fire, a world on fire. Um, a lot of us, you can struggle with evangelism because you're not on fire, right? If, if, if you have a small match, Right, you might be able to catch a little piece of paper or something on fire. If I come out with this big torch, right, and I whatever is nearby is getting right. And the Bible even calls us. It says in, in the Book of Psalms, God's ministers are as flames of fire. And so, to to Pastor John's point, the more you fall in love with God, the more you love God, the more your flame increases, and the more my capacity to burn everything around me increases without even with less effort. Right. So the more I, the more me and God are in relationship and in love, the less effort it actually takes because my flame is, is, is bigger. My flame has a greater effect. My flame um, has a bigger capacity without the same effort that I had to exert before. Yeah. So I think that's a great, great tool. Anybody else? Pastor John, can I ask you a question? Okay, so um, we see in Ephesians how uh, Jesus gave um, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers as gifts to the church. How do you see that? Um, we see a lot of like the rest of the like apostles, pastors, teachers. Um, what's the other one? And in the prophets, like we see them platformed a lot, like in today's church, but not evangelists as much. How? How do you think that we um, can better work together, um, you know, using the fivefold, like, in the church today, you know, so that we can mirror, like, the Acts 2 church better? Okay, good question. Um, so the first thing when it comes to the fivefold ministry, I do believe um, that there is um, an anointing for all five, uh, a gifting for all five, a calling for all five. But then there's an office for all five. Like many of us can play basketball, but not all of us are playing Michael Jordan or whatever level right. basketball. So I think we're all called to to understand the fivefold ministry and to have some functionality in in all five. But then there are those that God has called specifically. So for example, Billy Graham. Like nobody can argue that because the fruit. You know, and, and this man was offered millions of dollars to be a movie star. Uh, at one point, he was a pastor for a couple of years. He left being a pastor. So, like, pause on that. In some of our denominations, pastor is climax. Like, I, I, I want to be a pastor, so I'll be an evangelist, oh. a youth leader. You know what I'm saying? On the way up. I'll be a musician on the way up, too. So we have to, first of all, understand that all the callings are important. Yeah. Philip. He knew his place. He went out there and you about to, I don't want to no, touch no, no, his. No, he went out there and tore it up, and then he said, "The rest I'll send the others to do." Yeah. So the problem in the body of Christ is 
you know, some of the leaders try to do everything. And the sad thing is, in, in, in this modern day, many don't believe in the five-fold ministry. So the only position I'm going to go there with pay is pastor. Mm. So you have some folk who are not even called to be pastors, but if you want to get a paycheck, that's the only opportunity. A lot of pastors are not, they're just evangelists. How do you know a pastor is only evangelist? Because every sermon is salvation. Mm. They can't preach it to you know. So, mm. but so if the body would function properly. The way it's supposed to be structured is in a group. We make sure everybody's fed, and as a team, some are pastors. You shepherd them. But then when we see people are gifted in evangelism, we sow into the evangelists. Mm. We say, look, when you like, look, when, when Billy Graham or or um, Reinhardt Bonnke, whoever, came into an area, they didn't keep the souls for themselves. They didn't plant churches. They came and all the souls that God said, they just ushered them into the churches because he knew his role. He understood his place. So when you have a calling or a gifting or the office of the proof is the fruit, wherever you put Joseph, he just fruit. Potiphar's fruit, prison, fruit, you know, hood, fruit, you know, top. Paul says, I know a bound or a base. I'm just, just going to be me, right? Yeah. So to you, see, you got me a little far. So to answer your question there, um, the biggest problem is if you're going to starve me and my family, I'm going to pretend like I'm a pastor so I can get a paycheck. And then all the, the rest get dis- dishonored. The teaching ministry, whether, you know, Joyce Meyer or whatever, they know their role. They, they're not planting no church nowhere. They're just doing what they're called to do. And some of it is denominational. And sad to say, some of it is cultural. Some of it is cultural because some cultures having their church budget kingdom. Some cultures, the only thing in the church budget is my church, my ministry, my vision, my calling. And so there's no room to fund evangelism anyway. Are you sure? I don't know if y'all want to ask me any more questions. Uh, this has been an episode uh, of a Christian Podcast. Thank you for watching. Oh <laughs> Drops Mike. Mike. No, that's good. Did I answer at all? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know. I think that was great. That was great. That was really good. Yeah. No, y'all. You answered it. (laughs) You. That was great. I think that's. Um. I think that man, you touched on a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna leave that there. So, so, so all of us are called to evangelize. Yes, sir. But some of us, your life's there's certain things. If you ask me a question, I'll start weeping. If you ask me about youth and young people, I can't help it. I'll just start weeping. If you ask me about college students, I'll start weeping. If you ask me about women being vandalized, or, uh, there's certain things that are a deep part of my calling, and I can't run from. It doesn't matter what I'm gifted in. I'm called to certain things. And there are some of us who are called to evangelism, but they're starved by the church because there's no place for your calling. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. All right, I don't know how to continue. Okay, here we go. So, you hit on you hit on Philip, right? You hit on you hit on Philip the evangelist. And so, uh, let's go to Acts chapter eight. I'm gonna start at verse four. Um, I consider this kind of be a little bit of a formula for evangelism. Um, this again, this is Acts chapter eight, verse four. This is the NIV. It says, "Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went." Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So 
one one thing when I kept reading this, it said Philip went. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we always like let's just start there. Mm-hmm. Philip went down to the city. Some people are like, people need to come to me. Mm-hmm. It's like nah, you gotta go to the people. Like yeah. when I think of evangelism, the word I hear is go. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta meet the people where they are. The people are not gonna just, especially as the body, like the church, has has gotten to this point to your point pastor is gotten to this point where it's like everybody come to the church and get saved bro do you know how many people are not going to the church not until they meet somebody out where they're at Mm -hmm. and can talk to them on their level and say yo bro i understand that some parts of church are actually not the best right i understand that this and that and i i want to just hear you out and listen to you now i got some buy-in with this person and now they're like oh wait the whole church isn't exactly how i thought it was yeah. now maybe i will go to the church mm-hmm. maybe i will go to that place that where i can be equipped right to, to work out the, the the works of service but if we just had this mentality okay um everybody that's not saved needs to come to church we're we're, we're many people would perish and, and die and go to hell just to be very frank if we have that mentality because there are people like when I came out here the other day, I came and there was these people I was talking to and we had a great conversation. I loved it. Um, but they're like, nah, we're not doing church. And so to them, this conversation was the closest thing they'll get to to church or to experience with God. And so it's not always this big thing of I got to put on this production or do it properly. Sometimes it's just and those people didn't get saved in that, in that moment. Right. But I believe a, a seed was planted. Um, and so if I approach it like they need to be saved again, going back to what we said or, um, you know, they, they, they need to at least change their mind on certain stuff. It's like, yo, just plant that seed um, where you see where you see it and, and go to where they are. So and then I think the other point to that is that. We often think miracle signs and wonders are just for pastors, right? Or or prophets or, you know, right? Miracles, signs and wonders go hand in hand with evangelism. Because sometimes somebody needs a miracle to believe that Jesus exists, right? Jesus said, you know, uh, you people will not believe unless you see signs, unless you see miracle signs and wonders. And so um, don't. Don't limit yourself by saying like, ah, that's I leave that to Pastor John to, to to heal somebody. It's like no, pray for that grace. Pray for pray for the 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 gift of healing, um, that that will accompany your evangelism, so that you can go to a person that's unsaved and say, oh, I see, you know, your leg's broken. May may I pray for you? You pray for them, they're healed. Right? You got no choice but to believe in <laughs> Jesus after that. Yep. Like so, you you put people in a position to to see the power of god demonstrated so i wanted to say too like uh for those who maybe um are wanting to like go like to the next level with evangelism too like i think the study of apologetics is good like so apologetics um is basically just knowing how to defend your faith um and that's something good that we should all know how to do, especially because like we live in a wicked world and there's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of other little G gods out there. There's a lot of idols that yeah. we've, you know, mm-hmm. built up in our hearts and things like that. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot out there and it's a lot of, 
legit questions that people have too, right? But we need to know like why we believe what we believe and how to articulate that to other people. Um, you know, like there's some questions that we get out here, you know, people will come by and they'll see our, our t-shirts and be like, why? Like, there was somebody last week. Well, why do you have to pray for me? Like, what connection do you have to God that I don't have? You know, like there, there's a lot of questions out there, you know? Um, and so like not to be heady or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, like Timothy, um, the, the book of Timothy says, um, Paul is telling him study to show yourself approved. And so, you know, it's important to also make sure that you're, you know, you're studying like intentionally too. like, okay, Lord, let me look up like salvation again. Like, even if you already know what salvation is like, okay, but why do we like, what is atonement? Like, what is reconciliation? Like, what is sin? Like all of these things, you know, um, so that you can articulate that. And it's so crazy. Like every single time I do like this deep dive study, I always, there's always a moment where, you know, somebody comes across my path and I'm spe- like the thing I was just studying with the Lord, like somebody comes and I'm able to articulate to them like that very same like concept, you know, um, and it brings understanding. And then it also solidifies in you a little more like what it is that the Lord is teaching you and it bu- it, it roots you, you know, in your faith. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it's good to also just make sure that you're studying make sure that you're reading your word and, um, you know, praying and, you know, just really being intentional and then do that with your friends too, like. It's always great to have, you know, accountability in that, too. That's good. That's solid. Does anybody, I know we normally do the little Q&A thing, but just feel free to yell it out. Does anybody have a question on, like, how to actually evangelize? All right, cool. Cool. It's good. Yeah, so basically he was asking like, you know, knowing how but like how to do it without seeming like kind of just forcing it or just ah, this just all you want to do is talk about Jesus, right? Um Pastor John, I'll let you go first. Okay, yes, yeah, so I have some so um this whole um concept of just doing life with people. Um, the fishermen, they did life with other fishermen. And um, so I, I heard a story recently where um, some missionaries were in Czechoslovakia and they were doing a street ministry preaching. You know, some of that stuff used to work well back in the day, honestly. Like, in the, like when you see the, the, uh, the, the picture of Malcolm X standing on a box and just yelling at people, like that used to work, yeah. um, even in African places because they you know, just want to gather around. So... Czechoslovakia, they're on the streets trying to witness, witness ministry, like maybe like one or two people coming to Christ a month. The Holy Spirit told them to open a coffee shop. Now like 300 are getting saved every month because folk are coming in for coffee, American coffee, like a different. And then through conversation, you see what I'm saying? And so this whole thing of doing like, so in our church, we started doing like our life group or small group ministry, but we're doing it with a twist. So every small group is supposed to build relationship within amongst themselves. So our church has that better connection, but their assignment is to pick up two or three people from outside of the church to join the the life group as well. Cause our life groups are based upon certain things you do in life. So we have one that's called the great outdoors, you know, another one on just mental health. Uh, another one so stuff that just has 
to do with stuff you do as a part of just doing life. And then when you relate to them, see them, connect with them, like if, if like my kids all play sports and stuff, just being around those people because of the soccer game, like they see you all the time. And then all of a sudden, hopefully they see something good or different or stable or consistent about you. And it opens the door for conversation. That's real good. And I think with that, I think kind of like earlier, it's just that that human make that human connection first. Like, and let's look at Jesus. Jesus told parables, stories. What he did was he took things that people knew already, told stories to relate those to to kingdom principles, right? Because if if he just told them all of the stuff how as it as it is they don't have the capacity to understand that so he'll tell this story he'll tell the, the story of the prodigal son so that people can understand like oh okay this is a story about reconciliation to god and that he loves you no matter what you do right if he just tells them that they might not understand and so that goes back to that initial touch point of who is this person what do they have what are they wearing right like if i look at you look at two different people dressed two different ways. Somebody's wearing a suit. Somebody else has got sagging pants and da-da. I might approach them a little bit different. I'm still treating them the same, giving them all the same level of dignity and respect and honor for sure. But you might you might meet them. You want to meet them where they are, right? And so making that human connection and saying, yo, like, just tell, like, what do you believe? I think that's another thing is asking them. What do they believe? Sometimes start with them first. Sometimes you, you're so ready, like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's like, what do you believe? How did you grow up? Oh, you grew up a Christian, but you're not anymore. How did that happen? Like, at what point did you say I, I don't believe in Jesus anymore? Now, now I, I can work with your experience, and I can let the Holy Spirit give me scriptures, or uh, maybe even not scripture. Maybe it, at first it's just a story, or a testimony or whatever it is but like meet people where they are is essentially what what I'm saying and so don't always expect them to 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 be on your level you got to get on their level so anybody else first Corinthians 9 uh, really starts verse 19 but I'm just gonna read verse 22 uh, it says to the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak I have become all things this is Paul he's gone through a list of things um, so you have to read up some more he says I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some right and so when you read that it's not that I change who I am in conversation or in approach but it's understanding and discerning where we're at again going back being spirit-led about how i approach the conversation um because i think too what has been pointed out what has been highlighted uh, a lot of times people's only association with christians or or quote-unquote church people is they're in church all the time Hmm. right or or this uh presentation of being in the suit as you pointed out right or or being whatever this characterization of of believers they don't they haven't seen people in a park worshiping in basketball shorts and in a t-shirt mm-hmm. 
that just hasn't been the experience. That hasn't been yeah. uh, one of, one of the most impactful things for, uh, especially when you, when you talk youth ministry and, and young adult ministry. It's understanding that you can be cool and say and live for Christ, right? You can be cute and Christ-like, as Nelly used to have a brand um, that's still <laughs> out there, uh, but. Anyway, that you can still be yeah. this fly person. You can still be, you know, hip, if you will, or, or have drip, whatever, yeah. whatever, have swag, whatever word you want to use. You can still be that person. You can still be that and represent God, too. Right. And I think yeah. one of the big movements that we see, especially now as Christian rap has evolved and, and those things have evolved to where um, sometimes you can't tell the difference. Right. Unless you <laughs> listen to the words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so just but I think what it's pointing out and, and now that we see that in, you know, in the merchandise that we've seen and, and some of those things it, is showing that you can still be who you are. Right. And represent and live for Christ. You can still be that. Uh, and live for Christ with, you know, some tweaks and adjustments for righteousness sake. Mm -hmm. right, uh, right. But in in the same vein, it, it's saying, yo, I can talk to you like, <laughs> yo, Kev, bro, let's go to church, bro. Like, yeah. it's going to be lit. Church is going to be lit. <laughs> like, who is saying that? Yeah. That phrase, right? Um, so just, just pointing that out. I want to share, like, um, a lot of times what I do with uh, – if I have like coworkers who are unsaved or like family members or, you know, friends or whoever, um, I think about the areas that the Lord has renewed my mind in um, and the things that he's healed me from. Right. So if I'm talking to a girl who is going through a breakup right now or she's got this like toxic relationship with her man or situationship, whatever, whatever. I know that a little too well. You know what I'm saying? So the Lord has, you know, like renewed me in that area so I can show her like, you know, okay, give my testimony on how the Lord has like, you know, healed me through that and, you know, give her, okay, like I use this word to renew my mind, you know, like I um, went abided by these certain principles, you know, and just go through and share like, this is how it transformed my life. Like, this is how I got healed from rejection issues and abandonment issues and this, that and a third, like, God can do that for you, too, you know, and just sharing my testimony. And sometimes, you know, I do have to, you know, like sometimes I'll share like, you know, like word for word, like this scripture says this scripture says that. But sometimes I'll just use the principles because yeah. people might not be there, you know, in that point to hear like the word says this, the word said that. And that's again, that goes with like knowing their background. Yeah. Um, but I'll use the same, the scripture, just not put first corinthians whatever whatever you know what i'm saying right. um you know but it's it's truth you're giving them truth you're giving the pure word of god you know which is true which is tested and we know it's you know going to heal people you know what i mean like um so yeah i think that's another way to you know evangelize is because you know how many of us i don't know about y'all but i know that like it was a um like a it, it was one area that i was heartbroken in that the Lord used to like pull me in and just reveal himself to me and show like, Hey, this is a whole, like, actually, I don't want to just touch this area. I want your heart. Like I want your whole life. And he used that area to like pull me in, you know? Um, and I gave my life to him like fully, you know? And so that could be for the person that you're speaking with, for the people around you, you know, that could be their story too, you know? So, yeah, that's good. David, it was good that I was afflicted mm -hmm. before that. I went astray. Yeah. The affliction pulled you back in and said, hey, look, come to me. I'm the one that can heal you. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's dope. Um, 
All right, man. I feel like I got to wrap up for time's sake. I could do this for like, we got a question? Yeah. That's good, cause it, like, it again, two sides of the spectrum, right? On one end, Paul says, "I became like all men, so that I might win some." On the other end, he says, uh, "Light and darkness should not be in fellowship with one another," right? Uh, scripture says, "Bad company corrupts good character," and so it's like, okay, well, how would they receive the word unless they've been preached to? Yeah. Um, so it's this weird, delicate balance of meeting the people where they are. But I think that comes to, once you meet them where they are, taking them where you are, yep. as opposed yeah. to staying where they are. Because yeah. if you stay there, if you, if you go anywhere, if I lived in the hood for a year and I came back, y'all would be like, bro, what's going on, Cam? If I lived it, like if I go anywhere, like certain things, obviously I'll still be me, but certain things will begin to change. Um, and so you stay in the environment long enough, you'll begin to be like that environment. And so to that, you take them out of their environment into yours and say, yo, you walk with me, da-da-da. If I, if I take somebody to, to lunch, right, or whatever, they, that conversation ain't going to make me be like them, right? I have enough. The Holy Spirit is in me, right? Greater is, he, is in me than he that is in the world. Now, if I begin to go to this person's house and begin to be in their atmosphere and stay there and go over their house all the time, well, I'm going to, that's going to eventually get into into my spirit, right? Or my soul. Um, but so I think it's meeting the people where they are, bringing them to where you're at. And I think too, like, um, I think sometimes that has to do with just like, it might be a personal problem for us. Like, not knowing our boundaries like not knowing how to uphold our boundaries around people like i think like when we grow up like especially when we're kids right you know we come we, we're on the playground or we're in class or whatever and we just kind of have these you know happenstance like relationships you know what i mean we just default to whoever we're around right but we can decide especially as as adults you know as kids too teenagers whatever like but we can decide who we're in relationship with you know and we can we can set boundaries in our relationships and so we don't have to you know the, the lord is not asking us to compromise our boundaries i think about um how when jesus sent out the disciples to go out and to you know make um make disciples of all nations, you know, healing the sick, raising the dead, all of these things. Um, when he sent them out, he also said, if they don't receive your message, shake the dust off your feet and you keep it moving. Like not if like it's, if they don't receive your message, like, you know what I mean? Like you have the message, you have the truth, you have the gospel, you know, like they need what you got, you know, like, and so don't let, um, you know, just people who may not have the, have the message um, kind of like force you to, sway you know what i mean um stand your ground you know and you can like you said you know bring them here like if they invite you out you know you don't don't feel like you have to compromise and say like 
you know, if you know that the bar is not where you need to be going, you know, if they invite you out, don't think that you have to compromise to, you know, necessarily go to that bar. You can say, no, but uh, I know this really dope coffee shop. You know what I'm saying? Let's go here. Or, hey, you want to go shopping with me? I'm trying to, I want to try this new spot or whatever, you know, whatever your, your likes or whatever. But you can, you can change the location. You can change the environment. Cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, this conversation can keep going. I got, I mean, we got enough stuff that we could talk about for 10 hours, but we're going to, we're going to stop it for now. I'm going to end it with saying, um, evangelism does require effort, right? And sometimes we passively evangelize and we say, Mm -hmm. we call it evangelizing, but we're just living a Christian life, right? So oftentimes we say like, you know, I'm, I'm the example of Christ in my workplace or this or that, right? Which is great. You need to be an example of Christ. But being an example of Christ is not offering somebody the gospel saying, Jesus died for your sins, right? And, and letting them know to repent of their sins and, and to be saved. That's that's That requires that actual thing to be considered evangelism. Um, so, t- so be bold in that, right? Be spirit-led, as we said earlier. Um, even Jesus didn't do any ministry prior to uh prior to being filled with the holy spirit right he taught some people in the synagogues while he was young but his real ministry began after the infilling of the holy spirit and so um be led by the spirit choose your timing uh meet people where they are bring them to where you are and and just um do everything in love right um the greatest of these things right Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Paul said, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but don't have love, I'm a resounding gong. I'm just making noise. And so you can have all the right stuff to say, but if you say it in hatred, if you say it in bitterness, if you say it in outside of God's love, it's not effective. So I appreciate you all for listening. Um... This has been one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I, I love talking good. about evangelism. <laughs> so, uh, Pastor John, if uh, if you could share where people can, uh, about your church, where people can connect with you um, in the future. Well, that, that's kind of you. Appreciate that. So, um, our website, revivecharlotte.com. That's the easiest way to find us. We're in the North Lake area. And, um, and real quick, this is, stand up at least. This is my daughter, Justine. So she's 15. Stand up. All right. All right. All right. And I told her if she don't preach, she's going to hell. No, I, I <laughs> We have fun in our house, so we have a good time. So, And so she's one of five. I have five children. She's just the good one, the one I can actually bring out in public. No, no, but we thank God for that. So she that's loves awesome. the Lord. So no, that's thank awesome you. to be 15 and, and on fire like that. Mm-hmm. So. I'm like, man, I, I wish, I, I, yeah, look, I was like, I wish I was on fire like that at that age, so, um, that's so dope, so, I appreciate you all for listening, and remember to make today worth living, peace. <laughs>